encouraging, inspiring, and empowering mothers on their parenting journey. Welcome to the Oh Baby podcast. Being a mum can be overwhelming and unrelenting, we know. Each episode, we'll be bringing you the top tips, advice, and words of wisdom from experts and industry leaders to help you navigate your own path. It's the information you can trust. Mama, you got this. This episode is brought to you by H&M. Welcome to podcast number one with Grace Strange, midwife and founder of Practical Parenting Antenatal, plus the co-host of the Oh Baby Antenatal online class, which you'll find on our website at obaby.co.nz. Grace, hello and welcome to the first ever edition of our podcast. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background in the world of pregnancy, babies and all things parenting. Hello, yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on your very first uh, podcast. I feel super honoured. Super excited. <laughs> <laughs> and super stoked that you guys are finally doing this, this is I awesome. know right it's been a long time coming yeah it's so good I love the world of podcasts I love that it's just like become this huge thing it's so it's so great because you can listen to them anytime that's the so, thing right and I think with parenting podcasts especially um it's so great for you know if you're going for a walk with bubs you can just stick in your earphones and have a listen totally or you're like trying to settle them like around the house true wandering board just put a little podcast and never know know. or getting (laughs) to sleep that would be so good so good um yeah so I am I have been a midwife technically for like over 10 years um although I only practiced I've only been practicing for the last five years um so uh for the five years before that I was a maternity nanny um in New Zealand and overseas and then I came back home and I um, have been a midwife in a hospital setting um, for the last five years. So worked in like primary birthing units. So all of the, you know, like natural water birth situations <laughs> all the way through to the elective um, C-section midwife, which is what I'm currently doing um, and everything in between. So really have worked across the spectrum. Wow. Um, and then uh, also uh, about five years ago, um, a friend of mine and I decided to run some antenatal classes, to start some antenatal classes um, for practical parenting antenatal, because we just, as a midwife, I was finding that people uh, were really not prepared coming into labour and birth, and then especially that postnatal part too of like, what is life like with an actual baby? <laughs> um, and so we decided to start antenatal classes that were like, really just great education across the board all of the things that could happen not in a scary way but in like a this is what you need to know about these particular situations so that you feel prepared if they do happen to happen at your relationship for a baby and you know what life is like with a newborn and you know sleeping and all that kind of stuff so um yeah that's what we have been doing for the last five years as well so never, never a dull moment over here. <laughs> I bet. That sounds like a busy last five years you've had. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You know, got to keep us entertained. Keep us busy in the COVID times too. <laughs> um, so Grace, today I thought we could run through um, some key areas that we could talk about in terms of 
what we actually need to buy for baby. Mm. Um, obviously preparing for your first baby is really exciting, but also really stressful because sometimes people don't even know where to start. Um, yeah. yeah. We're marketed to all the time that we need this, we need that. And um, lots of people mm-hmm. have different opinions on what are must-haves and oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a minefield. <laughs> yes. um, so it'd be great if we could run through some key areas mm-hmm. and you could talk to each one about what you think are must-haves. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the nursery. What do we need to set up a baby's room? Yeah, so I think the first thing you probably need to think about is where they're going to sleep. <laughs> so um, babies actually don't need, you know, a fancy cot, bassinet, Moses basket. They could sleep in a cardboard box with a flat bottom on it and be totally safe. <laughs> um, but most people would like to sleep their baby in something a little bit nicer than that. Sure. So as with your newborn, you kind of have got three options. You've got like a Moses basket, which is like a portable little basket that they can sleep in, a bassinet, which is a very, is like a mini cot essentially. And then you've got a cot. So um, you just got to decide on your budget and what you're going to do is if you need to do all of those things or just one of those things or just two of those things. Okay. So for most people, they will do like either a Moses basket or a bassinet for those first probably like three or four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll put their baby into a cot once they start rolling or have grown out of and have grown out of their, their bassinet, um, Moses basket, is that true? Um, so what are the recommendations for how long your newborn should be close to you for, like in the same room? Yeah, so I think in the, uh, my understanding is the New Zealand government is, is about six months. I think it's also the World Health Organization too. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not sure about that. Yeah, but I have heard six months as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, they ideally would sleep in the same room as you. Um, and I think that helps like promote breastfeeding and then being close to you and all that kind of that stuff. Um, for some people though, they find them way too noisy. <laughs> and they make, difference, right? they make so many noises while they're sleeping. And so they, for their own mental health and their own sleeping, they need to put their baby into another room. And that is also okay if you need to do that. That's where things like monitors come in handy, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, what about um, other, what other items should you be considering for their room? Um, well, just going back to the sleeping thing, I think um, like you don't have to buy a brand new cot or a brand new bassinet or whatever, but I would suggest if you are going to buy a second hand one, you do buy a brand new mattress for it. So they're not that expensive to buy a new mattress for, but you just, and um, what you're looking for is you don't, if the baby prior to your baby, um, say vomited or peed and it, the moisture went through into the mattress, you don't know that that has happened and you don't know if there's mold or like, all kinds of yucky stuff growing inside of the mattress unless you cut it open, <laughs> which you're not gonna do. So um, particularly with a cot mattress, they're gonna be sleeping on it for at least two years. So it's really worth the investment of buying a new one for them to sleep on. If you've got like a second hand, Moses basket and you know that it's been stored in a clean dry place from a non-smoking household and you know the people beforehand would have looked after it then you might feel comfortable doing that but just something to be aware of um, about that Mm -hmm. and in terms of safe sleep 
um, as well, like really important that you use breathable blankets and wraps and things like that. So no polar fleece um, or fabrics that don't breathe. So you want cotton, um, wool, merino wool, um, that kind of thing. And if you're gonna be using a swaddle or a wrap, um, also to be using those breathable fabrics um, as well. Um, and then really important to know when to transition them out of that. So in terms of your bassinet Moses baskets that you, as I mentioned earlier, they, um, they tend to grow out of them in terms of their size around the three to four month mark. But also they, they start to roll at that time too. Some roll a little bit earlier, some roll a little bit later. But you'll just be aware, you'll see them when you put them on their play net, <laughs> they'll start to like try and roll themselves over. Mm -hmm. So when you start seeing that you need to, if you're swaddling them, you'll need to start transitioning them out of their swaddle and also start transitioning them into a cot and what that might look like. So when they're in their bassinet on their Moses basket in those first um, three or four months, totally okay. You know, you'll be sleeping them on their back they'll be wrapped or swaddled and then you'll tuck them in with a nice blanket mm -hmm. because they don't roll they don't move they're not going to be able to get that blanket necessarily over their face just make sure when you put them in their cot and uh, sorry in their ba Moses basket or bassinet that their feet are touching the bottom um, wow. so that they can't wriggle down but when they are transitioning into the cot or you've moved them into the cot then they're just in their cot with them in their sleeping bags. Mm -hmm. So there's no blankets, no toys, no pillows, no bumpers, no anything like that. It's just literally them in their pajamas in their sleeping bag. You might want a little cuddly toy that's like breathable if it went over their face. Um, but I think a lot of people get quite confused between those two sleeping things. And wow. um, how they are quite different. And especially like in our parents' day, so grandparents, um, they didn't do that. They didn't have sleeping bags and they slept their babies in the cot with um, all of the blankets and everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything in there. So it is quite different and it's really important to know how we safely sleep our babies these days. Yeah, safe sleep guidelines have come a long way, haven't they? Yeah. And um, I know for myself personally, I've had some comments from family members like, what's what have you got what have yeah. you got her in she should have a blanket or she should have yeah. some toys and yeah, yeah it can be quite hard to you know explain that kind of times have moved on and and we don't do that anymore yeah yeah absolutely and if you're going to put your newborn baby straight into a cot you can use a blanket and as I and, and um uh like swaddle them blanket them but just again make sure they're right at the bottom of the cot so they're right. in the bottom it's yeah. A really good step. yeah once they're rolling once they're moving everything's out and they're just in their little sleeping bags right and yeah okay cool and what about uh for newborns what do people need to get in terms of changing bathing and cleaning yeah, so um, big things would be in terms of changing, um, babies have really sensitive skin. So everything that you can do to, um, you know, use the most sensitive things, wipes, water wipes, 
you know, natural wipes on their skin um, is really great. And um, if you notice that they're having nappy rash, then that's one of the first things that you should change is the wipes that you're using. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually a reaction to the chemicals in a wipe. So you can use like a, <clears throat> excuse me, a water wipe or, a, you know, a natural wipe from the supermarket, or you could even get, um, like the a roll of blue cloths that you get to wipe the bench. Oh, <laughs> that's buy so those, yeah, buy those from the supermarket, get a bowl of water and just dip them into a bowl of water every time you change your nappy. Then you could even wash the blue cloths if you want to, so you're not spending heaps of money buying heaps of wipes. That is so great. I've never heard that one. That's so yeah. good. Some people think it's disgusting to have to then rewash them. But other people think it's great and have, you know, yeah. all these blue cloths on their washing lines. I mean, it saves all those wipes from going to landfill, yes. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and on that, and if you can try, so the nappies thing is a really massive one. And I think it's around a million disposable nappies go into the landfill every day wow. in New Zealand, which is a lot of nappies in the landfill. So um, in our classes, we try and recommend that even if you bought one pack of say, but biodegradable disposable nappies a week and then the rest of them, just whatever ones you want. And, or if you wanna do just one cloth nappy every day, then if you did one cloth nappy every day, that's 365 nappies that aren't going into the landfill. Yeah. Um, and usually your baby, will have like a feed first feed in the morning and then they'll go back to sleep and so that's kind of like their home they will, they'll definitely have a home sleep there while you get up have your breakfast you know have a shower all that kind of stuff so that's usually quite a good one to use a cloth nappy for um because you're not out and about worried about it out yeah, there really good point because I think um especially for first-time parents the idea of using cloth nappies is quite overwhelming but it's yeah. kind of a good idea to think oh you can just have them there and you can use them sometimes but you can do both yeah I think that's that's the thing is you can totally do a combo yeah you do not have to do all of one thing um, and lots of parents even who are cloth nappy parents you know they won't use them at night time because they're not as absorbable they their babies get a bit cold because they're sitting in the wet um, right. as much and lots of people don't use them in the newborn phase because their babies are kind of too small for them so you know I think like being open to it and trying to do all of the things <laughs> is actually really good yeah cool yeah. At H&M, you'll find everything from maternity wear to newborn clothing essentials. H&M's baby collection offers cute styles and cozy basics that are not only kind to baby's sensitive skin, but also to the environment. You'll find the softest, most comfortable clothing that's been carefully crafted with your baby's safety and comfort in mind. Discover H&M's baby range at your nearest H&M store today. And um, in terms of just going back to the bathing and the cleaning, do you yes. recommend that people look into um, a special baby bath? Um, you can if you want to. Yeah, you definitely can, but you don't need to. <laughs> you can um, just bath your baby in the kitchen sink if you would like to. Nice. Um, it's a non-essential item. You okay. can shower with them too if you want to. They don't, they don't have to have a bath. 
Um, and you don't even need to bath them every day. So in their newborn phase, you know, those first few weeks, you might only want to bath them, you know, once or twice a week, and that's totally fine. Um, it's actually recommended that you try not to bath them in that first week to try and keep all of those lovely microbiomes on their skin, which helps them line their gut and helps them with their immunity. Um, um, and then going forward, you know, just once or twice a week is totally fine. Every day I would probably get a cloth and wipe their eyes and nose and mouth and under their chin <laughs> where they get all of those milk spills. They get stuck in their like neck where they don't have a neck, all their neck rolls. Um, and you're like, what is that disgusting smell? And that's actually the milk <laughs> that has like curdled in their neck. Um, but yeah, so if you can get under there and wash that every day, then that's, um, that's a good idea. As well. Modern life is just so glamorous, isn't it? It's so glamorous. <laughs> so, so glamorous. Um, and how about out and about? So obviously, you know, having a newborn, you might like to kind of stay cocooned in your little love nest for a while. But what are the essential items for when you're feeling ready to get up and about? Yeah, so um, the big one that um, is a, often a debate is the capsule versus the car seat situation. Mm -hmm. um, and the capsule um, is, a little, is a car seat that is removable in and out of the car. And the car seat tends to just stay like locked into the car. Mm -hmm. So capsules are usually used for about the first six to nine months. Sometimes people can get a year out of them. Um, but they are actually really handy as a new parent. So you don't, um, you know, if your baby has fallen asleep in the car seat, you can just take them out, put them into the pram, you know, go to the mall or go get a coffee or whatever like that instead of having to take them fully out of the um, car seat, wake them up, transition them, blah, blah, blah. So lots of people find that really helpful. And, you know, having those adapters to the pram that you can put the capsule into is awesome. Having your sun and storm covers to your pram is amazing. Making sure that your pram or your stroller is the correct height for you and your partner. The amount of prams that I see around of these dads pushing these really short, <laughs> low prams. Um, I just feel a bit sorry for them in their backs. <laughs> um, and the, you know, having the coffee cup holder, super important by the attachment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely essential. Yeah, water bottle holder, you know, having a nappy bag, having wipes, you know, change mat toys, blankets, you know, making sure that you have a spare change of clothes for mum when you go out as well, not just the baby as well, because if you get spew on your top or if your breasts leak through your top and you're wandering around the mall with like wet nipples, <laughs> you know, just, you know, take a spare, spare top, make sure you've got snacks for mum, water for mum, you know, make sure you're all prepared when, you, when you're finally ready to go out and about. Nice. Uh, and how about feeding in terms of, I guess, for feeding with newborns, I mean, more for, you know, um, things that you might need like breast bumps or sterilizers or things like that. What would you consider essential? Um, so in terms of feeding, what is, I think, the most essential part is actually having a really great space um, in your home to feed. So especially in those first few weeks, that kind of fourth trimester, the first three to four months, you're going to do a lot of feeding. No matter if you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding, you are going to be feeding, like a breastfeeding mum will feed for eight to 12 hours every day in those first few weeks, which is a long time. Um, so making sure that you're in a really comfortable spot, have a chair or a space 
or your sofa, wherever you're going to be, where your back is well supported, your feet are flat on the floor, you've got your arms well supported, um, that you're not crouching over and bending your back the whole day to breastfeed otherwise your back is going to die. Um, you know, making sure you sit on a rolled up towel in a donut shape if you've got sore stitches. Um, um, you know, making sure you've got snacks and water and your phone and a long charger and a TV remote, <laughs> all that stuff to keep you entertained. Um, so other than that, um, in terms of breast pumps, I don't think they're an essential. Um, you don't know how your breastfeeding journey is going to go. You might have heaps of milk, never need it. Um, you might not have enough milk, so you'll be guided by your postnatal midwife that you might need to start pumping. Um, if you know that you're going to go back to work at, when your baby's three months old and you want to continue giving your baby breast milk, then you will need to buy a breast pump that you can use at work. Um, if you're going to do that, I recommend that you buy an electric one okay. so that done really <laughs> really well and you're not sitting there for hours with like a hand pump while you're at work and um, pump conversation is is really interesting because I know for myself as a first-time mum I thought that I needed to get a pump before yeah. I had my baby yeah um, and I got two different kinds of pumps and I never used them I didn't need them mm. um so I wish I had of just you know, I feel like sometimes you think that once you have a baby, you're not going to have time to do anything. But, and sometimes that's true. But, mm. you know, you can shop online these days. You can order something and it can arrive to your house the next day. Yes, absolutely. And they're so expensive. True. Like an electric plant is like, you know, two or $300. And yeah. if you're not going to need to use it, then it's, you don't need to buy it. It's and you so can actually, there are lots of good um, places where you can hire them these days as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And you'll be guided, like if you need one, you will be guided by your postnatal midwife and they'll probably recommend which one to get and where to get it from. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's definitely not an essential item. Good to know. Is there another essential item that you just asked about? Pumps and? Um, bottles. Do you think that people should buy bottles? What kinds? Yeah, that's a whole other world. <laughs> There's like a thousand different types of bottles. <laughs> um, so I, and um, do I recommend, I actually do that you, I do recommend that you have at least one. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually recommend that you take it with you to the hospital. Right. So um, the hospitals tend to be quite very intensely pro-breastfeeding. I don't know if you found it with your, Baby. Yeah. <laughs> so they generally won't give you formula unless it's deemed medically necessary. Right. So it really takes the choice out of it for you. Mm -hmm. You don't if you don't take a bottle and if you don't take formula with you, then you have no choice but to breastfeed your baby. Mm -hmm. So if you're really struggling on night two where they just want to feed all night, <clears throat> mentally you're breaking down, you're exhausted, you know, the whole nine yards, you're sleep deprived etc etc if you as a parent if you want to give your baby a bottle um then why can't you you know like apart from all of the you know benefits you know etc cetera, etc cetera, um I'm, I'm like way more for women's mental health mm -hmm. than anything so um if that's something that you want to do or if you at least want to have the option to do it then unfortunately you're going to have to take it 
with you. It's a really, really great tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, you don't hear I'm about actually, a lot. Say again? It's something you actually don't hear about a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, and particularly for someone like me who's a midwife. <laughs> And like, don't get me wrong, I'm so pro of breastfeeding and I think it's wonderful. Um, and there's many, many benefits to it. And there's also situations and times where it's beneficial for everybody. If mum just gives one bottle, sleeps for three hours and then starts again yeah. at the next stage. Do you know what I mean? So, I and if one- um, Breast is best unless it isn't. Yes. Yeah. Love that. I love that saying. Yeah. I think it's so yeah. true. And if you give one bottle or two bottles, it doesn't mean your breastfeeding journey is over. It's just one bottle or two bottles, you know, and then you start again at the next stage. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you just need a little reset moment. So yes, just one bottle. Don't buy like a pack of 20 of one brand. Right. Because you might think that your baby doesn't particularly like that one. Um, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Brown's bottles because they the air out really well. They do them in glass, which is awesome. And they've just released a wide a wider teat one um which is a bit wider a bit more breast like okay okay yeah. that's a really really good tip um so how about clothing uh this is one that you know especially a first-time mum can go completely overboard with um, yes. you know when you're in that nesting zone and you just want to yeah. buy all the cute things <laughs> but what do newborns actually need um well they grow really fast they grow really fast particularly in those first you know few weeks so your your newborn might be in a totally different size when it's like three or four weeks old it probably will be in a totally different size so don't buy like you know a hundred uh sizes I mean a hundred clothes in one size you want to kind of like Get a bit of a range because you also don't know what size they're going to be born right so you might have like a 4.5 kg baby that will be in like you know the newborn or you might have a little 2.5 kg baby that will probably need to be in the slightly more preemie clothes yeah. um so my i we would say like a minimum of five but like just kind of stick around that area don't go too crazy over it mm-hmm. so if you're having a winter baby Ideally, you would have almost everything in merino wool. Mm-hmm. So that would be like a singlet, um, a, you know, a onesie, like full arms, form, full legs, onesie or a top and some pants. So five of that opt clothes, um, some socks, hat. You know, you really don't need, you really truly don't need that much. If you're, you know, think about your washing situation also, if you don't have a good good dryer or you're not going to use a dryer you probably will need more than the five outfits um but if you have a dryer and you're going to use it and you do washing every day then that's probably going to be enough you know you you, thing with merino too is it dries really quick yeah clothes are so teeny tiny i know they don't really take that long can we also please just say zips oh zips do not get domes do not get buttons just get the totally and zips that zip from the bottom up yeah not just from the top down because that is because otherwise you have to take their whole clothes off to change yeah. a nappy and they absolutely hate it yeah yeah and all cotton if you're gonna have a summer baby and then you want a little combo of both if you're an autumn or a spring, right. spring baby as well yeah okay. Great. also for mum clothes mm-hmm. um just like really make sure like high-waisted pants 
comfy pants if you're going to take stuff into the hospital you don't know if you're going to have a c-section you also want high-waisted undies huge undies because they're going to put those huge maternity pants and then you might want to take adult diapers everyone's going for the adult diapers at the moment because you just chuck them out you don't have to like wash them or wash the blood out it spills yeah. over the side on them um you don't want to do period undies in this first little while because okay. we want to see how much blood is coming out the color of it you know if it smells all of that kind of stuff um, yeah and if and also if you're going to be a breastfeeder button down shirts you don't want to be lifting your t-shirt and trying to hold it up while you're trying to learn to latch and all of that kind of stuff so button down maternity brows that flick down maternity singlets that flick down you know that kind of stuff also important because I mean try as you might um to avoid it but you're probably going to have a lot of visitors um when you're <laughs> so, yeah while you're trying to navigate breastfeeding yeah um yeah that's probably a good idea yeah um and what about should parents put together a bit of a newborn first aid kit with some medicine or their things you think that every parent should have thing that we always recommend in our classes also is a thermometer so that would be the number one thing that i would say buy first and what um, type of thermometer do you recommend yeah so the best one that you can afford there are like you know you could just get the ones that go under their armpit or in their mouth and they're like five dollars and they're totally fine um, the babies don't particularly love them. They don't love the under the armpit situation. Um, or you can go right up to the ones that have the um, the um, like infrared gun thing. Yeah. You like shoot it at their head, <laughs> which is quite fun for everybody. Yeah. Um, but you want to just be, you, when you buy a thermometer, you want to make sure that you are like, going to be 100% sure that it's going to be correct because you really want to know like, when you need it, that it is going to be correct. Um, and you want to be able to like trust it. Those gun ones are also great because you can like shoot it at the wall and it will tell you what room that, what temperature the room is. You can shoot it at the bath. It'll tell you what temperature the bath is, you know, so they've got multiple uses. Really but handy. Handy, but you don't have to, like, if you can't afford that, then it's totally fine to just get, you know, the temple one or whatever one you can get. I mean, you're going to use it for the next 15 years of your life. True. So, you know, well, invest uh, in a really good one for that. Yeah, you're so um, right. I uh, pre babies, I had no idea how much I would use a thermometer. Mm -hmm. It really like becomes your so number bad. one used. Yeah, because you're like, you know, you're going through the whole thing of like, why are they crying? And one of them is, are they sick? Yeah. And so you know, you're gonna take their temperature. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and other things are like, you know, band aids gauze, saline to clean stuff, um, you know, Panadol and Ibuprofen, Pamol and Ibuprofen, so the baby versions of those. Um, you want, you might want like to get like, I know it's not first aid, but a snot sucker. Did oh, you yes. get one of those? Yes, I will personally vouch for that. That is my second most used thing. Really? What's yeah. the first? The thermometer. The thermometer, okay, oh yeah. yeah so snot sucker <laughs> is right up there. <laughs> Yeah, so those, you will use those in wintertime when they've got colds because their babies are predominantly nose breathers. And so when they've got a cold and they can't breathe, it's very hard for them to feed, sleep, and it's just this quite, you know, traumatic cycle for everyone. 
it's actually a really brutal time the first yeah. time your baby gets a cold um, yeah. I've personally found that really difficult yeah so hard so if you can clear the snot so you might want to even put a few saline drips down and then you know suck the snot out you don't even need an actual snot sucker you could actually just use your own mouth and put it over your, their nose and suck it out in pre-babies you think that that it sounds totally wild but when you're in a position where your baby can't breathe and can't feed because they can't breathe through the nose you will do anything mm -hmm. yeah 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 I mean delicious <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the Pamol Nurofen one was a good one because that's something that I think you need before baby arrives because it's something that you never know when you're going to need it and you want to have it on hand right yeah yeah definitely and there's instructions on the back of how old and how much to give and that kind of thing um and finally we've kind of covered this off a little bit but um education for parents you know in terms of antenatal class first aid class do you think that that's something that parents need to do before baby arrives I do. Yeah, I think antenatal classes are so fantastic for meeting people. Mm -hmm. So having a baby is actually quite lonely. It's, it can be quite a lonely experience. You've gone from, you know, working and you're around people all the time and then you're stuck at home by yourself with this baby all day, every day. And, and it's really great to have people going through the same experience as you at the same time mm -hmm. and to be able to meet up and go for walks or complain about whatever or get advice about how did you get your baby to sleep or what do you think of this product or, you know, things like that. So I think antenatal classes are great um, for that. And I also think um, they're great for preparing you for labor and birth, obviously, <laughs> hopefully. And um, yeah, and for being a parent. I would, with antenna classes, I just, the key things to look out for are, um, you know, actually like have, have a think about how you would like your birth to go. And then do, does the class that you're going to align with those things. So if you really want to have a natural birth in a pool, if I don't have birth in a pool, then you might want to go to a class that really teaches you all of those techniques to help you cope with labor and through that. Um, if you know that you want to have a C-section and that class is not going to be helpful for you. No. <laughs> so find one that works for you. But also, you know, if you are the person who wants to have their baby in the pool, also make sure that you do some education around the other things that could happen so that you are prepared for those things yeah. to happen if you need to. Um, and also look for the qualifications of the people who are running the course. Good. So yeah, make sure that they've got good, solid qualifications and they know what they're talking about awesome cool yeah. okay um is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you personally really want new parents to know in terms of things that they need to buy for their first baby um or there's I mean there's many things <laughs> it's a whole world but I think just coming back to the whole thing where this the, the baby product industry is actually an industry right and it makes money off making parents feel bad for not having their product, like they're a bad parent. So just really thinking about like your life, um, your baby, um, what, like, do you really need this product? Do you really, is it going to add something to your life? Does your baby really need it? Or are you just buying it because everybody else has it? And as we talked about, they don't really need hardly anything. As yeah. long as they're fed and they've got somewhere safe to sleep, they're pretty much 
totally fine. So, um, yeah, you know, particularly in this climate where, you know, we're inflation and post-COVID and all that kind of stuff, um, and, you know, prices of everything are going sky high, you don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad for not having all of the stuff because you really don't need it. Um, just think about things that are going to benefit your life and your lifestyle and, and your baby. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, now to finish up, we're going to ask all our guests the same question at the end of each episode, which is, what is one thing you swore you'd never do as a parent, but totally do now? So in your case, what's one thing you see time and time again in your line of work, parents doing that they swore they never would? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> um, so I actually asked around with this one, my friends who had um, who had babies, um, and there was lots around, like, I swore I'd never let them watch TV. Oh, yes. And now they're like, thank God they watch TV, TV so I can have five minutes of peace. 100%. <laughs> um, or, like, I swear I would never bribe them to do something, and now it's, like, the only thing that works. <laughs> um, but in terms of my line of work, um, I, I think that what I see, um, and it's not as much, like, what they thought that they wouldn't do but I think um you know it's just like getting them to um trust themselves and like what feels right for them um so even if they thought that they never wanted to um say feed their baby to sleep that that's actually totally okay you can totally feed your baby to sleep that's a biggie right yeah it's something the sleep training industry kind of tells us that we're not allowed to do yeah. Um, yeah, but everyone pretty much does it anyway and feels bad about it. Yeah, but you, you know, if you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the takeaway. That's, that's the takeaway yeah. from today. Yeah. You just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and there's literally no right or wrong way to do this parenting thing. You know, as long as they're you know safe and fed, um, then you know you you just you're it's you and it's your baby no one else has ever had this baby before it's your baby it's you're the parent you know you've got to trust yourself trust your gut you've got this you know what you're doing no one knows you you your baby better than you do um you know you've you know you got this yeah all right grace well i think that is a lovely um time to end our wee chat thank you so much for um being with us today You have given us some really good insights into what you actually need to buy for your first baby. And thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This episode was in partnership with H&M, supporting you on your parenting journey. Thanks for listening to the Oh Baby podcast. If you've found this episode useful and encouraging, make sure to share it with your village 